This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey, this is Todd Hoffman from WSTR Galactic Public Access, and you're listening to Conversations with Pat and Charles. These two goofballs will make you laugh, and you'll learn a little bit something about Star Wars. Conversations It's a translation To a Star Wars nation It's a celebration Hello and welcome to Conversations, I'm Charles And I'm Pat and this is Episode 38 in a galaxy full of Master Jedi and Sith with their elegant lightsabers and rogues and scoundrels and their less civilized blasters, some are not so fortunate. These characters utilize what they have and improvise with less mainstream weapons. They improvise. This is the um, weapons that aren't blasters or lightsabers continuation episode. <laughs> Part two. Thankfully, we were close to our commercial break anyways, and the natural break at the OT of A New Hope. Yes, yes. So um, that gets us uh, back on track with Gadurfi sticks or Gaffy sticks. Yeah. Uh, as you may or may not know, they were the primary weapon of the Sand People, the Tusken Raiders. Mm. They also had, uh, like, rifle masters. But oh, that's right, yeah. In- in um, the uh, the pod race, mm-hmm. yeah, picking them off. Yeah, but um, their their main weapon is gaffy stick, which is like bulbous on one end with a spike, and then like long and thin on the other end with a spike. So they can just spike people left and right. <laughs> um, so. It's uh, it's it's quite effective in in terms of you know what they would intend to use it for, um, but yeah they um, you know we first see them one of them using them with Luke with the uh, <laughs> and he knocks him too and he knocks him out too so it's like all right well true there's that yeah so you know it makes it makes sense and then they can achieve their their true goal which is to ransack and pilfer his land speeder. Right. And that's the other thing too about the uh the gaffy stick is that it's very like homemade ver- like a very um DIY as it were. You know, sort of like the the pieces that they could find from all over. It was very uh rudimentary um uh tool to a certain degree as well because they could dig with it and they could do different things with it too. So it was very multi-purpose and so you can have like you said apart from the rifle, if they had their gaffy stick, they they was quite the uh, outdoorsman-style weapon. Um, all right. So while we're kind of in the OT era and talking about rifles and such that aren't blasters, um, <laughs> uh, let's go to the infamous holiday special. Yes. Which we, um, we threw this in because... We've got another Mandalorian weapon that we'll be talking about, but the 
disruptor, uh, the Amban rifle that Boba Fett has in the holiday special mm -hmm. is also the same weapon that um, that Favreau and Filoni used in The Mandalorian. Right. And when uh, George Lucas was on set, they were like, see, look, we use this from the thing. And, and he's like, yeah, I don't really care. Uh -huh. So... And it was All that right. too because that was in the uh, the gallery after he was like totally unimpressed. Right. Yeah, and they're like, "But we, okay, we think it's cool." So because <laughs> it, it, it is quite cool, it's it's really very cool looking, and um, you know to have that like cattle prod on the front that that is charged, and to to be able like. Um, not to jump ahead to the Mandalorian or anything, but to see it in action was really very cool. That he could charge it up and then pop, pop on the transoceans and all. Right, and like, you know, you've got a weapon that is a rifle, and obviously we've talked about that for the uh, rifles or weapons and blasters and stuff episode, but you've got a weapon that gives you the ability to have long-range distance attack, but also close-range hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat. You know, or at least, you know, before you get hand to hand, you can, you, you know, you could definitely put someone down with that cattle prod for sure. And that's where the brilliance of the weapon comes in is that you've got both, uh, both ends of a, of a fight ready for use. Yes. Yes. And it's interesting because those specific weapons were banned, um, under Imperial law. Mm. So only the, the lawless, the outlaws carried them. Right. Is you know, it's very cool. Also. Right. And I think the, the biggest piece, too, that for us is that, you know, within every iteration of Star Wars, whether it's uh, books or comics or, in this case, the holiday special, you've got items that are considered, you know, not canon being slowly pulled back in or references to uh, items or characters that aren't canon. And suddenly they are, like Life Day, and that's another example from The Mandalorian, where... You have this rifle that was, you know, introduced to a public before Mandalorian or Boba Fett was even introduced as a character. Now that's Favreau and Filoni going back in time and honoring that tradition and honoring the franchise by doing that, but still yet creating or uh, canonizing a fantastic weapon, which is really, really cool. Episode five. All right. The Empire Strikes Back. What do we have for that one? We have a... Uh, I don't know. I think we should just skip this one. No. no. <laughs> Rob would kill us. <laughs> and about three quarters of the fandom. <laughs> yes. Um, so it was, uh, it was sort of an inspired pick on this one, I think, for Empire. Uh, I've always loved this thing and didn't really understand it, but I always just thought it was cool, and I always thought it was just an egg sitting on the ground, and I had no idea that this ion cannon or the V150 planet defender was actually an installed weapon that it was like a self-contained deployment of a weapon that had its own crew and stationed there and when uh, the and that character I can't remember the name but that character in ESB has a name that person that woman who says uh, ion cannon control remember remember that like she has a name of course can't think of it right now but she's calling right that crew to start their their uh, their assault on the uh, orbiting star destroyers and 
Right. Reading up on this, on the Ion Cannon, it was so cool to tie those pieces together. And again, 40 years later, it's still giving fantastic nuggets. Yes. Now, my submission was shot down uh, immediately. <laughs> Not immediately. No, what? I- immediately. It's <laughs> essentially immediately. Um, my Empire submission was Yoda's cane, because that thing does some damage. He's like pummeling an R2 unit with it. It's bad news. And he hits Luke on the head with it. That's two people. <laughs> How many people did the iron, ion cannon fire on? Well, it took down a Star Destroyer. Not, you know, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey. That thing could have been empty for all you know. <laughs> we have on-screen con- confirmed two victims of this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. And that's pre-special edition, sir. This is true. So what you're trying to tell me is that Yoda's cane has more impact in ESB than a Ralph McQuarrie-designed weapon that destroys a Star Destroyer and has a crew of 27 has more impact. Yeah, but do those 27 people have the force? Oh, that's you true. Don't know that either. It's true, and, and you, you know, don't know. Let, let's face it. I mean, the ion can looks like a weeble wobble sitting on the ground there. I mean, you can just figure it's going to roll over at one point and start blasting. <laughs> it. Well, it start blasting <laughs> well, exactly. Imagine if a, a gust of wind pushes it over and starts blasting the rebels. <laughs> Yikes! They'd probably just take their finger off the fire button at that point. Well, you'd hope. <laughs> you know. Oh man. Oh. Uh, yes, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, Charles. Well, for the Return of the Jedi, I think that <laughs> it's not a specific weapon per se, but it's more of a of a race of characters, <laughs> and uh, they're the murder bears, the Ewoks. Now, before we get into this, I do have to call out our fellow Red Five Network uh, show, Nerd Order Podcast. Uh-huh. They just did a a fantastic episode on 10 ways to die on Endor. <laughs> it was hilarious. Okay. Well, I've played Battlefront 2, and I know of one way to die on Endor. Which is? Be a stormtrooper. <laughs> That's it. That's all you have to do. Are you, I, you're not aware of this. Um, there is a mode in the game. It's called, uh, like, One Night on Endor or something. Basically, the objective is to last till morning. Oh, wow. And you don't. And they are deadly and ruthless and terrifying. Mm-hmm. And and you you hear something, you turn, and then it's just right there. And then it kills you. And then the worst part is, okay, then you come back as an Ewok. Whoa. To then kill the rest of the troops. Wow. So it starts out as like there's like five Ewoks and like 40 troops. <laughs> By the end? And then I die, and then there's six Ewoks and 39 troops, <laughs> and then some poor fool is stuck there with like 44 Ewoks, and he's trying to survive. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's the worst. Just the perfect game to play just before you have to go to bed right after a shift. <laughs> I... I, I I have PTSD, and I have not served in the military, and that is why. 
it's 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 frightening. But they're um, I mean, but they are terrifying and ingenious. They are in the ingenuity. Uh, they are one with their environment, and you know we saw, of course, in the movie. You see how many examples of using rudimentary materials to destroy massive amounts of troopers. Oh yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. And they do, they've got sticks, they've got boulders, they've got log walkers, smushers. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty ingenious. Log walker smushers? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's they're true. They're walker smushers made of logs. Right. I don't know what to tell you. Right. And they got those winged, they got like air assault. So they've got, they are ground assault and yeah, air assault gliders. masters. Yeah, gliders. I mean, it's, yeah. it is crazy. And there's like a little David and Goliath action with the, with the, you know, he's right. Spinning the, the, um, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, that. you know, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but our Twitter response to our, um, favorite non-blaster or lightsaber weapons, Scarif podcast. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> reply with that exact gif where, <laughs> where Wicket has that, has the, uh, the bola going around his head. And he hits himself <laughs> yes, in the yeah, head. Yeah. <laughs> So that, but that's skipping ahead. But um, and also too in the uh, Ewoks cartoon, now which may is not really you know considered canon yet, but they also had a battle wagon. So they had rolling battle wagons. I mean, like the Gungans. Yeah, well, exactly. And you know, you have this this indigenous species who have, you know, obviously warring factions probably between their own species led them to have such an amazing. Uh, uh, weaponry and and warfare skills, but you have a diminutive warfare force. And thank gosh that <laughs> that C three PO was gold, thank because if not, they would have been supper. I also like the thermal detonators, which is pretty much the first time in the in the franchise that you see them really in action. Hmm. You know, when Han and Chewie are are uh, loading up the. Uh, the bunker. Right. And then he's like, go, 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 go. And they're running out. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they're Shooting timed everybody. instead of, they're timed instead of on a trigger. Trigger, right. should have put on a trigger. You know, but, you, but would... you know, whatever. Maybe he was out of the, the timed ones. The, right. Know, trigger ones. He had to use the timed ones. Whatever. I mean, it is what it is. It was effective. It blew up the bunker. Right. Anyway. You sort of look, so, you, know, you know, running out from the bunker in your, in your uh, camouflage green coat. Uh, your raincoat. Yeah. Trying to go, 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 yeah, go, go. All, you just expect there to be a boulder behind him. <laughs> Listen, kid. That's the wrong franchise. I don't do this anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> he does do this now, though. Because he does. he's trying to do Indy 5. Exactly. Anyway. Um, oh, well, now we're at the Mandalorian. Hmm. Correct. And a fantastic. And I I was thinking of using the um, weapon that we previously mentioned here, but you had another very interesting um, submission for this. So yes, the uh, weapons that I suggested for the Mandalorian were the whistling birds, and how cool were those when we first saw those being used? It was uh, mind blowing to see them, how effective they were. And, again, what we talked about with the flamethrowers in part one of this set, where, uh, you know, you had the flamethrower and the rope, uh, you know, the, the Mandalorian having sort of a jack-of-all-trades uh, forearm 
attachment that allowed them to, at the moment's notice, sort of launch different attacks to evade or to get away or to entrap, obviously, a, a bounty. The Whistling Birds were a uh, amazing transformation from a distance attack to uh, one that was obviously very specifically used, and once they were gone, they were gone. And it made it very critical. If you're going to use it, you better know what you're using it for. Right, and um, I think I think we could all benefit from um, you know tiny heat-seeking missiles on our forearms, um, <laughs> but we just have to settle for the um, for the Nerf edition. <laughs> Especially when we're trying to get the GameStop to get the exclusives. Right, the right, Black Series, exactly. right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Nerf thing. Have you seen the Nerf one? No, I haven't actually. It's at Target, and it's a it's a Nerf Mando uh, gauntlet. That's so awesome! And it has a little it has a little thing. Whistling birds. The Nerf out. Yeah. Are those made of Beskar yeah. too? No. No. Okay. No. It's it's plastic oh. from Indonesia. Right. Well, uh, yeah. almost as valuable as Beskar, but that's the other thing too. Is like when they were used, it was a an expensive upgrade to. Um, yes to that personal defense system for sure. Yeah, and I get the, the get the sense that not many people had them to begin with. Mm-hmm. So she was like, whistling birds, and he was like, what? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. cool. We can talk about resistance. Mm-hmm. Where's Rob when you need him? Yeah, he, he's like a wealth of knowledge for resistance. But I he think... Is. you know, is. But I think for, you know, when he's not here to help us, I think you had a brilliant suggestion for resistance. I look, let's not use the term brilliant because it wasn't. <laughs> it's, the, it's the only non blaster, non lightsaber weapon I know from the series. <laughs> and that is Starkiller Base. Base? Well, that's what I like right. about it because I think it's outside the box, like very, very outside the box because it's so big. But that's what I love about it. Right, right. It's like planetary size. Mm-hmm. But you know, we did we 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 talked about Starkiller Base. We did before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Okay. But that sort of fits. I mean, I'm, the... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of phoning in the resistance end of this thing. But. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Let's be honest with ourselves. Right. Um, so, uh, and you watch the series too. I mean, I didn't watch the series. I just haven't. You know, I tried a couple shh, times. Shh, but you, <laughs> being a responsible no. Star Wars fan, you've watched the series. No one needs to know. <laughs> anyway, so um, then we go to the sequel trilogy. Correct. Correct. Because we're done with the prequels and the OT and the TV shows. Correct. Yeah. So um, let's talk about The Force Awakens. Yeah. First of all, great movie. And uh, what we chose for The Force Awakens was the Z6 ride control baton. Yeah. And, yeah. And that not only spawned hundreds of thousands of memes... But uh, was also really cool looking, and the uh, the toy version as well, and it had sort of a lightsaber look to it, of course, and a very very different tool or very different weapon that you would expect 
a stormtrooper to be wielding for sure. And from, you know, when we first saw it, we were like, I remember when we saw that in the, in the theaters, like, whoa, what is this? This is crazy. Yeah. And it's perfect for riot gear. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was a submission style weapon and, and it was, sort of, you know, quote unquote, non-lethal. It was for, like I said, you know, like it's like a riot controls. It can stun um, rioters or keep crowds in control. But and boy, does it. <laughs> it does. And the the look and feel of it is very intimidating. And when that one trooper, you know, calls out uh, Finn, you know, as traitor, and then he just like almost like shunts this thing out and like yeah. starts wielding as like whoa. And the impression is that from me, from my perspective, when I saw, when I saw that was like here you have the first order, these troopers that are now just beyond blast. You've got a new variety of weapon where you have a specific uh, task in hand, and he's a specialist with it. You can see him wield it and everything. And that was just such a cool part of the movie as well. And even Finn's reaction too was like you got the sense that he knew it was coming because of course he was first order. But um, yes. it was you know mostly um, it was he pa- knew it was coming, but he didn't take it very well. No, he didn't. No, and uh, the no, <laughs> <laughs> no, and the trooper who was holding it's it. Like, didn't... <laughs> it's like when you know it, something does. But you don't really know what it does. No. <laughs> like in terms of first hand experience. Yeah. No, no. He got some first hand experience. He did. And what's cool about it is that, that that riot baton was magnetically paired with the glove that was holding it. So that's what provided with even extra grip and it was like a sort of a locked in uh, uh, weapon that really became sort of a front line first in the fray style weapon to control you know whatever the crowds or in this case finn and you gotta assume that the wielder had to have special training for that because that's something you just pick up a first of all it's paired to a glove secondly to be able to wield that so well and have the effective back and forth you talk about like this sort of a one-sided nunchuck you gotta learn how to you know <laughs> i'd love to see you and i work this thing we'd pat you know knock ourselves out in the probably first three or four seconds but the we would be that ewok yeah <laughs> That's it. That's what would happen. <laughs> would be exactly it. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, cool looking and very effective as well. So, yes, there we go. Yes, and that reminds me of um, some of the concept art from The Rise of Skywalker with, like, the guillotine. You know? Did you oh, see that? yes, yes. Yeah, that's crazy. It's kind of a similar... similar um, engineering style mm, yeah you know like this sort of weapon is kind of like in the same league as that which right. which is kind of a cool um utilization of that technology mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so anyway uh, they were very cool yeah um so for the last jedi we went with something that's um pretty significant throughout the entire sequel trilogy mm. but we put it in the last jedi because well last jedi doesn't have the riot baton so <laughs> so we put it here and like porgs don't count as weapons so they're well, they're weapons of mass so, happiness let's be let's face it 
Right, that's true. They are weapons that uh, they they cause incessant smiling and <clears throat> ooing and coddling, such as my daughter does with her pork backpack. Hmm. Um, in fact, her pork backpack has it's a backpack and it has porks inside of it. Hmm. Wow. It's like a it's like a Russian nesting doll of porks. <laughs> it's not so much a backpack as yeah. like a marsupial container. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's <laughs> porks in pouches and it's just it's madness. And yes. she has no room for anything else inside it because she just has porks in there. Well, I mean, let's be, um, I mean, Bernie, you know, Bernadette, she refers to the, you know, Last Jedi as the Porg movie. Oh, is that the Porg movie? <laughs> yes, it's the Porg oh, yeah. movie. <laughs> okay, great. Let's watch that one. Um, that'll be a fun episode to record. Yes. Anyway. Roll for um, about six so- or seven seconds of their screen time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. They're, they've captured hearts and minds. True. Worthy. The latest and greatest craze until our friend Baby Yoda came back. Correct. Um, so the Last Jedi features Ray's bow staff, mm. um, which I mean is something that's I think um, her use of that has greatly impacted her ability to stay alive mm. on Jakku. <laughs> um, I mean, she's taken out a former stormtrooper with this thing and um and you know pretty much anything else that gets in her way um (laughs) which you know again like i said keeps her um kind of fierce um you know when going up against adversaries and she you know brought it with her to the island and was kind of you know, training with that until she picked up the saber, and then in um, in the Rise of Skywalker, even though she has the lightsaber and all, she still has her staff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because I mean, it's, it's it's what she grew up using, and uh, she's very effective with it. So why not keep it around? I mean, she's a master at it. I mean, you saw, you know, early in the introduction of her character in uh, The Force Awakens. And she's in the marketplace and Finn being sort of like this uh, revisionist history hero where he feels that he needs to take care of her. And she's very much an independent woman. Um, He's looking at her and he sees her take out how many assailants with that. Several. Several. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, several. And you have her ability with that bow staff to knock, you know, take them down. You know, it's it's an energy free version of a stun weapon because if you know yeah. effectively placed you don't have to worry about it. it takes someone out of the fight and you can either you know um tie them up or get away that kind of thing and it's like the and, and to talk about also too you have the ability or a sort of an ingrained sense of uh working with that type of handheld weapon that you know obviously you got a two sides almost like a you know a mall saber but um you have the foundation of learning to wield a stick proportioned weapon that has to at some point lend itself to picking up a lightsaber and learning how to you work with that as well. Oh yeah, I, I'd imagine that her um, her wielding a lightsaber was was the learning curve was greatly flattened mm. by her use of the bow staff. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Weapon. And then. Um, 
I'll, I'll um, let you speak to the the weapon from the Rise of Skywalker, and then we have a another um, sort of honorable mention. Yes. After that. So the Rise of Skywalker, and what was really cool in that movie was, apart from the movie was cool, was Janna's energy bow. And yes. first of all, the similarity to Chewie's bowcaster, but very much in its, it, it's a very different weapon, and that's why we featured it because it's has a you know it's not so much a crossbow, it's a bow, but um, the the tips literally we're talking about um, bolts that she's launching. You know, arrows with scavenged uh, energy parts. It uses magnetic propulsion to increase speed and accuracy as it's coming out of the bow. So the ammo packs themselves are the damage-wielding ends of the uh, arrows, almost like exploding arrows. But depending on the energy remaining in those energy packs determine the impact of the the arrow itself, their projectile. So if she knew uh, that a pack had like 25% left of energy, it was going to deal less of a blow than, you know, 90%. So it's sort of a self-classification system where she was able to select what she needed to get done with that particular attack. She could use the particular arrow that needed that kind of impact. And it also spoke to, again, the ingenuity of these um, first order troopers who went through a very similar tr- transformation that Finn did. Is it force driven? We're not sure, but they broke off from the first order and had that awakening almost within themselves. And they became this ragtag group of rebels being resourceful, looking at the materials they had around them. And, you know, let's face it, how long has the arrow bow and arrow been around forever and used that technology, but added a an explosive part to it still allowing it to be an effective tool within their armaments of dealing with the first order and you know almost rendering their uh the the, rendering the 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 playing field level with the blasters they had if you know she was accurate and used it properly but the the explosive end (laughs) would certainly be an upgrade versus just a regular bow and arrow but very cool very cool I had not known that about the different um, different um, energies. Yeah, yeah. That's what was cool. Like, so if she'd scavenge them up and pick them up. It's like, okay, well, this one has whatever technology she used to determine how much energy remained in these energy packs. Well, this one's at 25, this one's at 50, this one's 75. So she had the various um, options at her disposal, whether it was a stun. You know, you can look from a perspective of a stun versus a kill. Uh, use the full one yeah. for a kill and a uh, lower energy one for a stun. So, uh, as, as for our honorable mention, mm. we have the, the slug throwers, <laughs> which were basic firearms. And you don't see firearms, you'll see like guns with bullets in Star Wars. Now, the problem with blasters when you're dealing with lightsaber wielders that they can deflect blasters. And um, Mythbusters actually did a, um, a thing on, like, could a lightsaber deflect a bullet or, or destroy a bullet or whatever. And um, this was, of course, after the, um, the advent of the slug throwers in Legends. Um, hmm. But they determined that they could effectively block the bullet 
but the, the bullet would go through the, the energy beam of the lightsaber and essentially melt, but still hit the person. So, I mean, now, instead of being hit with a bullet, you're being hit with, like, molten lead, God. which I don't believe is much better. So, um, so now, using what we know about that, um, when the Mandalorians and the Jedi, they had blasters, and they knew that that wouldn't be effective, so they started using um, slug throwers firearms and um and were effective with those in the in the war with the jedi that's very cool yes very cool now of course that's legend so um that's part of why it's an honorable mention mm. an honorable mention here <laughs> and um so uh i thought that was interesting when i was looking into it anyway so no that um, totally is yeah so that's what we did we um added it at the end because we're we're cool dudes like that right so um i guess that does it for this one um, well we do have it, some interesting feedback oh yeah yeah from Wait, twitter we have to talk about twitter yes we do and you we're supposed to remind me <laughs> i'm supposed to remind you to remind me to not forget about twitter <laughs> right exactly now as alluded to before um red five network um had responded to our teaser post from uh, Wednesday talking about our upcoming episode of the um, weapons that are others <laughs> part one and um, they had they had reposted our tweet with a gif of wicket with the <laughs> as we talked about before where he's yes. uh, using the slingshot and then just like whacks himself in the head. But uh, funny enough, uh, they predicted our use of the uh, of the Ewoks. That was kind of cool to see. And uh, Doctor Devore uh, at D Mondum, uh, he had said that whistling birds are definitely up there for me. And so, of course, again, did a Jedi mind trick yeah. and figured out that uh, we were going to use that too. But for him as well, the uh, the whistling birds. And finally, for our last tweet that was um, in reference, actually to the release of our part one episode literally on friday the backyard tardis at back tardis uh, had listened to our episode and said it was a good listen but how could you skip this gem from clone wars this hat is basically captain america's shield and of course he's talking about bembo and <laughs> yes <laughs> and that is a fantastic deep cut because that is a character specific but clone wars gem for sure so Definitely making the honorable <laughs> mentions, and thank you very much for correcting our our erroneous ways. <laughs> Unbelievable! How could you not yeah. include that in the list? And you, how could me? <laughs> and the fact that we saw him at um, Celebration Chicago as a cosplay was fantastic. That guy was top notch. I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's that's those are the deep cuts that you can appreciate when you're a super fan. Yeah. You know? Because, you know, how many, how many Jedi are you going to see? Right. Like, well, a lot. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you see those characters, especially us knowing what goes into cosplay. Yeah. To, like, put that in and have it be such an, such a uh, unsung character. Is right. Yeah. All right. 
So if you've uh, pointed out any other errors in not only our knowledge, but our omissions. Uh, <laughs> Please let us know. Yes. Conversations.com. Mm. Or um, yell at us on Facebook.com slash Conversations. Or, you um, know, tweet in all caps at us at, uh, at Swations on Twitter. Yes. Yes. Make fun of our... Um, our ridiculous photos on Instagram <laughs> with conversation or suggest different t-shirts for our spreadshirt shop I don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> or, just, or just talk about how ridiculous they are yeah. um, and then um, if, uh, if you're curious about all the people we've name dropped um, look up Red 5 Network because um, Correct. most of them are in that yes. and um, we're all great friends and um and it's really uh a cool network to be part of yes and supportive and fun and uh you know we're getting into a lot more crossover shows and that's a great it's a great thing and one more thing i I think we should throw into the twitter bucket by the way is Uh cam is cam ray and oh no (laughs) we dropped in the last episode in part one i i I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> in part one of this uh, two-parter, you had mentioned that how you'd like to, uh, at one point, make a Batman DeLorean just sort of popped into your head. It was just bad news because I have, like, five on the back burner now. <laughs> and I don't have time for, like, one, one. on the back burner, <laughs> let alone five. Well, the good news yeah. is, is that Cam Ray has put together a, a fantastic Photoshop <laughs> job of the Batman DeLorean, which, of course, shared with you. <laughs> And he built up a backstory, and um, he did. He did. He did. <laughs> so he was having fun with that, and just this morning. <laughs> was, oh no! It was uh, Sharpale oh, Patin. Yes, <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, uh, so if you're looking for inspired creativity, Photoshop excellence, and um, a thirst for all things Star Wars. Please check out Cam Ray, um, who, uh, by the way, has not only written some different articles for uh, different uh, podcasts and their uh, and their content, but also recently as of uh, Twin Sons Outpost. Um, and he's, uh, I believe, he's also one of their shows as well, like uh, on on air. But he's very prolific, very creative. So a very cool person, very uh, creative and a fun person to have around uh, in the Star Wars community for sure. So thank you for listening to our two-part episode on the weapons that aren't blasters or lightsabers. (laughs) (laughs) And with that... Hmm. The Force will be with you. Always. Have tree. Bad place for living shall. Ewok nation make dead. Give little gold for big move of laboring. Guaranteed. The Ewok Tree Removal Service of Endor. Taking care of pesky trees and Imperial troops since 6 BBY. I like to say that. Conversation. Now I can't stop. All right. May the force be with you. Listen on. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. 
Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.